Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for NFL Week 6. We got our preview and pick show on board. Our man Achilles Rain is with us as already. Are you ready to get into NFL Week 6? Well, let's see. I know I'm tired, and I know you're tired, uh, but I'm ready to make some picks, buddy. Let's talk some football. All right, we'll talk some football. Soccer's on the screen in front of me, so uh, we're going to be keeping up with the Chelsea-Brentford game while we discuss some NFL games. Football and football is the name of the game today. All right, so let's get into our mutual picks. we got to find five picks that we like this week. Uh, it's an interesting slate this week. Uh, I, I didn't see one really, really big game. Uh, probably the biggest game on the board is Arizona-Cleveland, but uh, Nick Chubb's out, uh, so that loses a little bit of luster. Uh Dallas-New England, maybe a big game, but uh, I, I don't think we quite put New England in that category uh, quite yet. The Chargers go to Baltimore. That's probably a big, big one. Uh, and that's about it here. Were there any games that uh, you looked at on this board that uh, stood out to you? No, I mean, you pretty much, uh, you know, called them all. I mean, I am interested in a couple of games. Uh, for one, that Pittsburgh-Seattle game, I kind of want to see what Seattle's going to look like. Uh, with this injury to, you know, Wilson. And I mean, I also kind of want to see what the giants are going to look like versus the Rams. Yeah. I just want to see, you know, how much of an impact, obviously these are their main guys that are hurt, you know, but there's times when you could lose your main guys and the team steps up and, you know, and the overall team steps up and they, they perform sometimes better than when their main guys there. So, I doubt that'll be the case, but I'd like to see at least what they have, uh, you know, going forward as far as depth. Yeah. Uh, here now, even now, with uh, Mike Glennon, Devontae Booker, and uh, Kadarius Tony as the uh, main trio. Uh, he is still riding high with the uh, New York Giants here. And this will be the week they win. <laughs> it probably will be. Uh, um you know, uh, I, I am I in that Seahawks game as well. Uh, I might zig a little bit here uh, from what everybody probably thinks I'm going to ride. But uh, let's start it off. Let's kick it off. We're going back to London here. Uh, the Miami Dolphins versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are three-point underdogs. The total sits at 47 the first half. Line sits at two and a half for the Miami Dolphins. Total sits at 23. Uh, so... They pulled Tua off IR here, I'm assuming. They activated him so he can play in this game. He is in London. Uh, So we're going to get the Tua Dolphins here. Uh, You know, based off last week, they really, really looked poor. Uh, The Jaguars are now in a 20-game losing streak here. So uh, this is really a bad game here. I I will say I lean a little bit Dolphins here. Um, You know, they played really, really poor here, but uh, I I just think uh, maybe with Tua in there, maybe that invigorates them a little bit on the offensive end, and uh, we'll see if this defense can pick back up after a a really poor performance versus the Tampa Bay Bucs. What are you seeing in this game? Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way you do. I think that, you know, Tua, if he does play, which, you know, we kind of assume that he will, 
he's going to uh, re-energize this team and probably, you know, give them a little momentum boost. Um, and as you mentioned, they have been playing poorly over the last couple of weeks, but we saw early on this season that at least the defense was showing up. Uh, it was the offense that was having a lot of issues, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much of a boost it really gives them, you know, lucky for them, they're playing a pretty bad team that I think is still reeling from the whole controversy of their head coach. And it just doesn't seem to be going away. So uh, I, I would expect the Dolphins to pull off a win here, especially with Tua if he plays. Uh, but even if he doesn't, I, I still kind of like the Dolphins. It's just probably a game I'm going to stay away from, though. Yeah, I, that that minus three does make me a little bit nervous. I, I'm just sort of hedging here. Uh, if you really break it down and look like uh, at, at the Football Outsiders uh, stats in this one, both teams total DVOA. Uh, Miami sits at 30. Uh, Jacksonville sits at uh, 31 here. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, defensively, uh, Jacksonville sits at 23, Miami sits at 24. Offensively, Miami sits at 29, Jacksonville, uh, you know, sits at uh, 31. So it's just really, really two poor teams here. Now you factor in a little bit, maybe the Dolphins didn't have their starting quarterback, uh, but uh, they haven't really had the receiver set that they thought they were going to have uh, coming into the season. Waddle's been basically the only one that's uh, been healthy. Uh, I, I don't know if they're go- those two are going to play uh, in Parker and uh, Fuller uh, this week. Uh, I-, I guess if they could get those three, maybe the offense starts to come around. I still don't totally trust this running game. I do really like Miles Gaskin, but uh, Miles Gaskin probably better in the NFL as a you know a third down back uh, pass catcher out of the backfield than really as your lead back that you're uh, sort of trying to uh, give uh, the carries to uh, over and over in a game, especially with the way Miami has sort of pushed and played uh, this week. So uh, really, just a bad game overall. I sense you aren't really big on this game. That might have something to do with watching that poor game and uh, us getting a little bit burned on the uh, New York Jets last week. Yeah, it may be just a tad bit, but, you know, as uh, we all like to say, we only send our best across the pond. <laughs> yes, definitely so. All right, uh, that's enough of that game. We'll move on to a division game uh, here. Uh, Green Bay Packers versus Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears, uh Five and a half underdogs at home here. The total sits at 44. Uh, first half total sits at plus. Uh, tw- the first half total is 22 and a half. First half spread is uh, three points for the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, Green Bay coming off. Um, I don't know how to characterize it. I don't want to say poor performance because they racked up a lot of yards, but uh, it was sort of not a, a ringing endorsement of uh, hard play. Uh, in that game versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Chicago Bears uh, somehow coming off a win versus the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they possibly had about 200 yards of total offense in that game. Nonetheless, they somehow sort of dominated and w- won that game. Probably tells you about where the Raiders are. You know, the Packers tend to own this series. Aaron Rodgers has tended to own this series. Uh but they are going into Chicago. Is that uh, five and a half number a little bit too big for you? Are a little reticent uh, to take Green Bay on the road here after what you saw last week? Or is Green Bay division game, they're going to wipe these teams out because these are the wins that mean the most to them? 
Well, you know, normally I would say that that number sits a little too high for me, uh, seeing as how I'm more conservative when it comes to gambling. But honestly, even though both of these teams in some way or another affected, you know, my parlays last week, uh, in a negative way, by the way, um, I still think that this is one of those games, as you mentioned, being a divisional opponent, divisional rival, you know, we, we've had, we've had these Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bear, you know, uh, matches for a long, long time now. And it always seems to be a pretty exciting match just because these teams know each other so well. Um, and I expect a lot of the same, basically Aaron Rodgers kind of coming out and dominating, trying to put a stamp on, you know, the NFC North and trying to prove who the dominant team in that division is. So I, even though it's just a five and a half, I still kind of like the Packers to pull off the win here and cover the spread. Uh, I think that this is definitely the right type of situation for Aaron Rodgers to get that offense going. Uh, and not that they've been bad, but they haven't been able to finish. And I think this is the week where, you know, they have an opportunity to get back in into a good rhythm. Yeah, I, I can see where you're taking it. Uh, the public is really, really on this. Uh, 72% of the uh, 74% of the tickets are on Green Bay. 72% of the money is on Green Bay. Uh, so everybody is really on Green Bay on this one. Uh, I, I'm just curious what you think of the Bears here. Um, you know, they did get that win last week. They are, you know, I mean, it, to say they are, you know, three and two. Uh, so... Is this a better Bears team than we think, or have they just sort of uh, done what Bears teams do? Cannot beat the elite-level teams, but uh, sort of find their way and win the games versus the lower-tier teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this Bears team is good. I I really don't. I think that, you know, part of the reason why they won last week wasn't so much because of them. I thought that, that that matchup was more about the Raiders. Um, and I felt like the Raiders lost that game. It wasn't the Bears that won that game. As you mentioned earlier, you look at the numbers and they were poor. Uh, if you would just talk about stats, I would have been like, okay, they got dominated. But, you know, in fact, they actually won that game. Um, and we know the situation going on with the Raiders right now. So, you know, I'm sure that played, you know, a big part in, that, in the outcome of that game. But I don't think the, the Bears are that good. I uh, just want to watch them on tape. You know, I don't watch a lot of Bear games, but the games that I do watch and even the highlights that I catch, I just don't see it, especially with, you know, with a young quarterback under helm. I just think that they're better served to have a veteran quarterback right now while Fields kind of learns the game a little bit more. But obviously, you know, they want him out there. They want him under the, you know, under the gun. Uh, and they really want him to feel the fire, feel the burn. And it, it might make him a better player in the end. But as of right now, I just don't think this team is really that good. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, I don't know if I want to put this right in our mutuals, but I definitely think it probably should be uh, in the mix there, and maybe if we're a little short, we come back to it. Uh, I'm just a little hurt off of what I saw from Green Bay last week. Uh, I don't think they will be lazy again. I I think this one's more one where they uh, blow it out, Uh, but I I just didn't like what I saw. They seemed to get up in that uh, Bengals game, then they just gave up a couple plays, thought they could kick a field goal to win it at the end, didn't get it, and made that game much, much more difficult than it was uh, when basically if you look at those numbers, uh, offensively they were cruising and dominating the Bengals uh, with that pass game, and they just were like, okay, uh, we got this, and started running really conservative plays there. Yeah, I mean, if we go by the trends, then the smart play would be to take Chicago in this one, just because Green Bay, even though in certain games, they've really gotten up on the competition, they let their opponent right back into it. So 
if we were just following the trends of this season, you know, I would say the smarter money, the safer money would be to take Chicago and, and get five and a half points. But realistically, being a divisional opponent, as I said, Aaron Rodgers, knowing basically the way this team is built and, and knowing how important these these wins are going to be against their divisional rivals. I just don't see him, you know, really taking his foot off the gas in this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree. So we'll put this one on the uh, back burner, but keep it alive and uh, see how we like it as we uh, go through the rest of the games here. Uh, Next up, we got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, going to the Detroit Lions. Cincinnati is a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Total sits at uh, 46-and-a-half here. Uh, First half, two-and-a-half points for the Cincinnati Bengals. Total sits at 23 uh, now, Joe Burrow, I, I think, is supposed to play. Uh, he's on non-talking duty this week, uh, so I, I don't quite know what that uh, means. Uh, hopefully, he can speak on Sunday, because uh, I think that would make it difficult for him to play the quarterback if he cannot talk. Uh, but honestly here, uh, I, I like the Lions here. Uh, I, I think it's crazy. Uh, as much as we uh, sort of like uh, Cincinnati, uh, and how they started the season as a three and a half point road favorites. Uh, I'm not quite there uh, to make that leap, uh, even if this is a Detroit Lions team. I mean, I know they're over, but uh, they very easily could have won that Baltimore game, won that Minnesota game. Uh, you know, so if you take those two and give Detroit those two wins, what are we saying about Detroit? I I think we probably put them in the same category as the Bengals. They play hard. They don't quit. Uh, Now Cincinnati has a little bit more weapons on the offensive side of things, but uh, the Detroit Lions are two 55-plus yard field goals uh, from being two and three uh, on this season. So uh, I just, yes, the Bengals have played well, have played better, uh, but you saw it. The Bengals went on the road to Chicago, who is, you know, I'd probably put about the same level as the uh, Detroit Lions, and uh, lost that game. I am not uh, in a mood to take Cincinnati uh, minus the three and a half, and I think there's real good value there for Detroit at plus three and a half. Yeah, I mean, I totally see where you're coming from, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, when I was looking at this game, just like you, I kind of like the Lions better. I think the Lions play really hard. And I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, some Jared Goff leftover love that I've got, but I like the Lions slightly better. I don't want to take anything away from Cincinnati, though. They have been playing really well, especially against really tough competition uh, in games that we pretty much assumed at the beginning of the year they were probably going to get blown out, and they actually ended up winning some of these games. So I don't want to take away anything from them. You know, they play really tough. But so do the Lions. The Lions play really, really tough, and they don't have as many weapons, and they're still making things happen. Now, they, as you mentioned, they still haven't won a game, um, so that's something to take into consideration. But, you know, for this young Bengal team to be considered favorites on the road, uh, it just doesn't sit very well with me. So I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's one of the reasons why I skipped out on this game, just because I, even though I like the Lions, I feel that there's better weapons in Cincinnati uh, but even so, I don't think that Cincinnati is ready to be considered a favorite uh, on the road uh, this so far early this season. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, 
if we could get T Higgins and trade him over to the Lions, <laughs> I'd feel a lot more uh, comfortable there. But uh, yeah, I see your point where you probably just pass this one by. You don't want Cincinnati uh, at the three and a half. But, uh, you know, much like I cowered out in that uh, Lions game versus the Bears uh, where I got a little bit of cold feet, uh, I can sort of see where you're coming from, too, where, you know, you don't really want the Lions uh, when you start looking at the weapons that the Cincinnati Bengals have. And, uh, uh, you know, the Vikings did not uh, take advantage of that secondary. Uh, but my guess is the Bengals do take advantage of that secondary. It's just whether the Lions can get any sort of pass rush on Joe Burrow there. Now, is uh, Detroit Stadium still called Ford Field? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, because uh, I, I did hear from uh, one of my sources inside, deep, deep inside, that um, – Joe Burrow doesn't need to talk. They were going to go with the silent count because they know how rowdy that crowd can get, you know, over in Detroit at four field. So um, they're going with the silent count. So don't worry about his throat contusion. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll move on to the next game. We'll put that one on the uh, backside of things too, and maybe come back to it and see if we like anything here. Houston Texans go on the road to the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, you know, Yes, the Colts played well uh, versus Miami, but uh, them to come in as a 10-point favorite, even versus this uh, poor Texans team, uh, stunned me a little bit when I typed this line down. So uh, Texans, Indianapolis Colts minus 10. uh, Total sits at 43.5. First half, half 4.5 points for the Colts here. Total sits at 21.5. I'm curious what you thought about this line because – I just thought that was way, way too many points uh, for this Colts team who just won their first game uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a combination of what the Colts did last week and what the uh, sorry, what the Texans did last week. Um, you know, one of them was better than expected, and the other one was a lot worse than expected. So I think there's that's part of the reason for this spread, but. I don't like it. It sits too high for me. Um, I feel like that halftime line's, you know, slightly better. If you were going to bet on this game, I feel like you probably had to roll with that halftime one. Um, I just don't trust the Colts. Even though I like the Colts, I just don't trust them enough to really pick them as a 10-point favorite. Yeah, I was going to mention that. That first half sitting at four and a half, uh, a, a little bit off on that 10-point uh, total. So, you know, uh, you get about a half point of value there at the, uh, you know, Four and a half total. I, I figure if the Colts are going to blow them out, uh, they will have to get off to a good start in the first half. Otherwise, they aren't, you know, even getting near that 10 point spread. Uh, you did see uh, probably Carson Wentz's best football game in, I, I don't know, two or three years uh, last week. Jonathan Taylor uh, sort of got going. He had a lot of, uh, well, he had two big pass catches for uh, long yardage. Still sort of iffy on the run game, only about 10 carries, 50 yards, but uh, at least his total yards were up there. Uh, Pittman looked good last week. The defense looked uh, better for the Colts last week. I I don't know how much you factor in uh, them playing Miami. Uh, That can make a lot of (laughs) defenses look uh, much better. Uh, But uh, so do you think the Colts uh, can cover this 10? Uh, would you be bullish on taking that uh, first half four and a half? I think there is value there in that first half four and a half line. Yeah, I, I honestly, listen, do I think that they can cover that 10 points? For, I think they can, uh, but 
how confident am I? Not, not much at all. Not enough to even put my lunch money on it. Um, but that four and a half, I think, you know, it sits right in the middle to where I, I could totally see, you know, the Colts going into the halftime up by a touchdown here in this one. So, I mean, if you feel comfortable with that, with that halftime one, I, that's something that I might consider. All right. So let's mark that down. Uh, first half, uh, Four and a half for the Indianapolis Colts. Our first actual mutual here. Uh, Texans coming off a, a, a decent performance uh, versus the New England Patriots. The offense uh, looked uh, somewhat uh, okay. Uh, do you think that was a little bit more a uh, look at of what the Patriots said, or do you think the Texans will be able to replicate that? Because uh, the previous three games before that, the they basically had no offense at all. And, you know, if you look in that fourth quarter, uh, New England shut them down and they weren't able to move the ball anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, we always talk about the New England Patriots and their defense and Bill Belichick, you know, how how great he is at coming up with defensive schemes for the opposing team. But, you know, they looked pretty flat last week. As you mentioned, that's the fourth quarter when they, you know, really stepped up their game. But I, I don't know. I I don't know if this was a result of them just kind of overlooking the Texans or if this was the Texans trying to make a statement, but I I don't know. I just, I don't know how I feel about this team. You know, I was really excited about them when the season started and then they started getting plagued by injuries. And now I'm kind of like, it seems like the the magic is fading and and, and I don't really know where they stand right now. I mean, they're, they're bad, but I don't know how bad they are. Yeah, definitely so. All right, so we'll ride the Colts there, uh, first half minus four and a half, and uh, maybe we'll believe in Davis Mills if he can put uh, two games back-to-back together there. Yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, next up, uh, this is going to be tough for you. Uh, The the war of worlds here. Uh, The West Coast team meets the East Coast team for our (laughs) man Achilles Reign. the Los Angeles Rams go to the New York Giants. Uh, the Rams are nine and a half point road favorites here. Uh, the total sits at four and a half, and uh, they don't want you uh, cheating and uh, taking the Rams in the first half. Uh, that total sits at minus six and a half, so only uh, three points off from what the overall spread is. Uh, the total sits at uh, 24 and a half here. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really hard to sort of handicap this game because, I, I mean, I, I don't even think we need to discuss who we think is going to win this game. Uh, with what the Giants are going to put out on the field, uh, it, it would take a whole whole lot uh, of uh, very bad play from the Rams to uh, lose this one. You you just got to sort of dive into the number. Uh, can the Rams cover this 9.5? Uh, do you think the Giants have enough life uh, to cover that, uh, you know, nine and a half taking them an underdog. I was sort of a automatic cross off on this. The only thing I sort of looked at was maybe a first half total over of 24 and a half. But even that, I don't know if the Giants can score enough points uh, to get there because I, I figure Los Angeles could probably get to about 17 to 20, uh, but then you're asking points from the Giants, and I don't know if we can get that with that team uh, on the field there. So what do you make of this game? Yeah, when I was first looking at this particular matchup, the first thing that I looked at was the spread, and I was like, okay, I'm moving past that spread. And I went up to the the over-under, and that same thought crept into my mind was, can the Giants put up any points? I think they're going to have a really hard time, especially with what they're going to put out on the field. You know, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And you're talking about 
you know, one of those defensive fronts that can completely shatter a team's wishes and hopes and dreams, uh, you know, in the split second. Now, Aaron Donald was limited in practice. You know, he had a bit of an issue with one of his knees um, in the previous week where he got kind of banged up with another player and he had some swelling, so he didn't practice, but he's still expected to play. And as long as that guy's on the field, you can you can believe that he's going to affect the game in one way or another. Um, looking at this matchup, I don't think it's so much about can they win? How many points can they win for? I think this is more about like Matthew Stafford and the offense kind of getting back into rhythm the way they start off the season where they were really, really hot. Um, they seem to have slowed down a little bit. Uh, Matthew Stafford seems to have taken a step back over the last couple of weeks. So this is a perfect opportunity for him to kind of get going again. Um, and when I was looking at the numbers right now, I know that it opened at the Rams minus nine and a half. It's actually shifted a little bit. I think the Rams are minus eight and a half now. So um, there's tiny bit of value there added onto it. I mean, have not you been too much betting of... on the giants in your off time? Uh, <laughs> no, not, not, not for this matchup. Did you uh, move that line by a whole point? What have you no. been betting on the giants? <laughs> no, not me. Uh, you know, but actually I, I think that this is a feel good game for the Rams. I, I know it's a really high spread and I would never recommend for anybody to take a spread this high, uh, especially on the road. But I think that this is going to be just, just me personally. This is something that I'm doing. I think this is a feel-good uh, moment for the Rams is to kind of get back on track on offense. And I think this is going to be a blowout. So I'm actually taking the Rams uh, minus nine and a half. But I wouldn't recommend it. I, this is just, you know, crazy fanatic talk. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I just – I would really like to take this, but uh, everybody is going to be on this. You know, everybody's going to have seen uh, – the game last week, uh, you know, as the Giants just got everybody hurt and the Cowboys uh, just started piling on points uh, there for fun. They're going to think the Rams are going to do the same thing here. I mean, the money there is uh, 72% tickets uh, to the Rams. 76% of the money is on the uh, Rams here. So uh, everything's uh, going Rams way. So that sort of scares me off of it a little bit. Uh, the other thing I was going to ask you, you mentioned uh, Donald uh, nicked up a little bit on the injury list. I mean, I, I know this isn't an NBA season and you don't sort of uh, rest guys, but uh He's so important to that defense, and, yet, you know, it's not gotten off to, a, I think, as dominant a start as we were. Uh, would you have – I just feel like if he's nicked at all and you see what the Giants are going to put out there, I, I feel like you sort of sit him, make sure he's right, because uh, this game in the grand scheme of the football season – really isn't going to factor into the football season at all. The Rams can go in there and win with or without Aaron Donald uh, with what the Giants uh, have uh, going on out there right now. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I would think, you know, they're a much better team on paper, uh, both on defense and on offense, and especially when you consider all these injuries. Now, the only thing I could think of, I personally, if, if I was the head coach, I'm sitting Aaron Donald if he's, you know, ailing at, at – anything doesn't matter what the finger or, you know, he clipped one of his, uh, you know, hairs too short or whatever. It doesn't matter. I would sit him, but obviously I'm not a coach. And the only thing I could think is that this, this injury can't be that serious enough to where they're concerned about his long-term uh, healing. But, you know, another thing is we also have taken to take into account, you know, a lot of these players, especially on, on the defense side of the ball, um, their contracts are very incentivized. So, um, 
you know, whether it's how many games in a row he's played or, you know, how he affects the game with pressures, quarterback hits, things of that sort, tackles, uh, you know, all these things are really important to some of these guys for bonuses and things like that. So I just assume if he's playing and they're not keeping him out in a game that probably doesn't have a lot of meaning, you know, obviously you want to get the win, but it doesn't have a lot of meaning because you could pretty much beat them without Aaron Donald. So I just think injury can't be that bad. And, he must really want to play. Yeah, I, I didn't say he would uh, gladly uh, agree to this sit out. Uh, you, you'd probably have to lock him in a, in a room somewhere that uh, has very thick walls uh, if he deems himself healthy to play and uh, you aren't letting him go out there. Uh, easy game or not. So uh, we'll probably pass on this one. Uh, we, we don't throw out a lot of nine and a half point spreads. Certainly not a lot of nine and a half point road spreads. Uh, no. You know, the totals, you probably could maybe uh, convince me more on underside of some of, uh, especially that 48 and a half. Uh, but that being said, if the Rams, like you said, do use this game to sort of find some rhythm on offense, uh, if, if this game gets out of hand early, uh, they might just start uh, throwing up points like the Cowboys did in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, my only reason I did look at the under and, and I was considering it. It was very tempting uh, just because like I, we said, I don't think the, the Giants will be able to score that many points. Um, but we saw what the Cowboys did to them last week. I had the under in that one and it was looking really good after that first half. And then the game completely turned around and it was over. Uh, so it's probably the only reason why I stayed away from it. Yeah. That being said, also uh, Glennon, uh, a little turnover prone. So uh, yeah. you know, the Rams haven't created a ton of turnovers this year, but uh, if there's a game they're going to get some, it'd probably be this one. All right. Uh, I will say, before we move on, I, I will say really quick, if you were ever going to bet on a defensive touchdown, this would be a good candidate for that. I, I have one uh, coming up that I, I think uh, might be a, a good one to go after the uh, defensive touchdown as well. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Kansas City Chiefs at the Washington football team. Uh, Kansas City's a six-and-a-half-point uh, row favorite here. Total sits at 54-and-a-half. Uh, uh, first half total sits at uh Three and a half for the Chiefs. Total sits at 27. And uh, I know the Chiefs haven't covered a lot this season. Uh, one time and uh, two times in the uh, past 16 games here. Uh, but uh, quite honestly, uh, with what's gone on in Washington, uh, somehow an email scandal has overtaken the uh, DEA scandal that is also going on uh, there. So uh I just think Washington, uh, we've seen that defense play really, really poor. Uh, yeah, this game will probably be a little bit of a shootout, but I look at it more like that Eagles game that the uh, Chiefs had two weeks ago. I think the Chiefs go in here, light this Washington football team up, and uh, easily uh, win this game here. Yeah, you know, I had a similar type of feeling, but I, I figured I would wait and see if you could sell me on this. Um, I didn't have it picked as one of my games but I had a circle that's one of my maybes. And I figured that you'd probably talk me into it. I just, as you mentioned, the whole scandal going on with Washington right now, um, the defense has been playing to the level that we expected them to play. And obviously they had injuries on offense that have kind of slowed down their, their offensive attack. So I know that the Chiefs defense is very porous and they give up a lot of big plays and a lot of yards and a lot of points. But I just don't see how the Washington football team defense can uh, contain 
they can't stop the Kansas City offense, but I, I don't even see how they can contain him. Yeah, uh, I think the Chiefs easily get 40 here. So that becomes how many points do you think the Washingtons score? And even on this poorest Chief teams, I, I don't think Washington could get over 30. They might hit in and around 30 if a lot of things go right. Uh, you know, I think that's being generous. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that being said, Gibson's probably going to play, but uh, he's been banged up for a couple weeks now. He hasn't looked totally right, uh, you know, at least running the ball. So I just think this, you know, the Chiefs season probably starts to turn around here. I, I, I know their record looks bad, but uh, if you look at their opponents, uh, they have played. Uh, it, it's literally like the uh, top teams in football. So, I, I, you know, the record looks bad at 2-3 and three, uh, from what you've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but overall... I mean, they open with the uh, Browns, uh, then go to Baltimore, then play the Chargers, get that win versus Philly, then play Buffalo. I mean, if you were saying, what are the six best teams in the league, you'd throw Buffalo in there, you'd throw the Chargers in there, you'd throw Baltimore in there, you'd throw Cleveland in there. So they have two wins over teams that... Uh, one who is a probably a top six team and uh, one who isn't. And they have, you know, really, really close losses other to that Buffalo one. You know, that Baltimore game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't fumble. They kick the game-winning field goal. Game over, Chiefs win. Uh, Chargers, uh, same sort of story. Uh, they are forced to go for it on a fourth and nine on the 50-yard line so they don't give that ball back to the Kansas City Chiefs, knowing if they give the ball back to the Chiefs, they're going to go down and score. Uh, so, you know, the record is, it looks bad, but I, I think this Chiefs team is uh, about to go on a, a little bit of a stretch here. Uh, Washington, then they have Tennessee, the Giants, Green Bay, Las Vegas. So uh, I, I think they start to get more in rhythm here. And uh, I, I look for the offense to sort of find himself and uh, roll Washington who, uh, you know, are two and three. Uh, but uh, I, I just haven't thought they've really uh, played all that well all season long. Uh, you know, that Giants game, they got that offsides on the field goal that gave them a win, uh, which probably should have been a loss. Uh, you know, you have that Atlanta win, which, uh, Let's just say ick. <laughs> that game was either way. Uh, you know, they had a tough time with the Saints last week. I look for the Chiefs uh, to go in there and cover it. If uh, New Orleans beats them uh, by 10 points, I think the Chiefs can beat them by seven points here. Okay, so I'm assuming that's uh, we're putting it down as one of our mutuals. We're going to put it down as one of our mutuals. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half. Uh, we can go first half minus three and a half, uh, but I'm a little hesitant to do that on the Chiefs uh, since they've essentially been slow starters uh, since about three years ago. Yeah, and we know that offensively they really like to kind of, you know, keep it close to the vest till you get to that second half, which is when they really turn it on offensively. Yeah, definitely so. Uh all right, uh, you, you were mentioning uh, defensive uh, scores. The Minnesota Vikings go to the Carolina Panthers here. Um, somehow the, you know, McCaffrey uh, sort of re-injured himself this week, so he's going to be out. 
I had this, you know, highlighted uh, early in the week as one of the games I really, really liked. Uh, but uh, now I, I'm totally off it. So uh, Minnesota, two-point favorites. Total sits at uh, 45 and a half. Uh, first half is even money, uh, a half point towards the Minnesota Vikings. Total sits at 23. Um Honestly, I don't know what to expect here. Uh, Minnesota has looked uh, really, really poor on offense. Probably should have lost that Detroit game last week. Uh, and Carolina, as much as I love this defense, and I think it's one of the top five defenses in the NFL, uh, I- I'm just I'm out until we see uh, Christian McCaffrey come back. Uh, you saw it last week. Uh, Robbie Anderson started to get a little frustrated. I think some of the receivers are starting to get a little frustrated. You're starting to see the cracks in uh, Sam Darnold's game. And I just can't take this uh, Carolina team as much as I like them. And I think their defense is legit and elite. Uh, You know, you saw it last week where that defense just dominated the Eagles. And Sam Darnold could not get them the requisite points uh, to put that game away and win it pretty easy. And then uh, Vikings on the road as favorites. uh, You will never... (laughs) probably ever in my lifetime uh, get me to take uh, the Minnesota Vikings as road favorites as long as uh, Mr. Cousins is playing quarterback there. Uh, So what do you make of this one? Yeah, I I really have no feel for this game. Uh, As you mentioned, with the injury to McCaffrey, it really puts a damper on that offense and how well they can move the ball. Defensively, as you, same as you, I, I really like this team, and I like the Panthers in general. Um, I'm not a huge Sam Darnold fan. I'm not a huge Sam Darnold believer. You know, he started to kind of turn it around for me early on the season, uh, but obviously that was a lot. Uh, you know, because a lot of it was due to the fact that they had McCaffrey, a healthy McCaffrey, early on. Um, once he went down, it really changed the uh, the way this team was pivoting it, and now it seems to be on a downward trend. Um, and mostly because of the play of the quarterback, which is very unfortunate because, you know, a lot of people really thought that this was going to be a breakout year for him uh, once he left the Jets and he had a more solid team around him. Um, but, you know, McCaffrey, he's, he's the, the he's the heart of that team. And without him, you really see the effect it has. So I, I'm probably going to stay away from this game. Uh, I don't know how to how to handicap out. So I'm, I'm just going to stay away. The thing I had highlighted on my picks was the total here at 45 and a half. I kind of like that under, especially from what we've seen from the Vikings, uh, you know, the last two weeks. Now, Dalvin Cook is theoretically supposed to play. Uh, now, we've heard that a couple times before, and then, you know, Alexander Madison comes in there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, Cook is much better than Madison, but they don't, you know, the drop-off isn't something where I'd be like, oh, no, the Vikings can't run the ball now that Dalvin Cook's out. If Madison's in there, they can run the ball. Uh, Basically, it was the whole reason they scored points last week. Uh, Also, (laughs) kind of why they almost blew that game, because he fumbled there at the end, uh, trying to get extra yardage for some reason while they were trying to run the clock. Uh, But, uh, you know, I, I just... The total seems like, from what we've seen from this Minnesota Vikings offense the last couple weeks, uh, what we saw from them versus the Cleveland Browns, I think this Carolina defense is similar. And then you you mentioned it, Carolina's offense has struggled ever since uh, McCaffrey's gone out. The only thing that would give me pause on that under was uh, you are uh, 
hovering around to uh, quarterbacks who are, aren't huge in pressure and uh, tend to turn the ball over uh, when they see the slightest hint of a pass rush. And uh, that could be defensive points there, uh, which can sort of uh, be funny uh, with your total there. Any love in that total of 45 and a half on that under? You know, I looked at it for a little bit, but, uh, you know, as much as I love this Carolina Panthers defense, and I do think that they're really good, we've seen uh, the Minnesota offense at, you know, one point or another play really, really well enough to really put a good defensive team on its heels. And I would hate for this to be one of those situations where I take the under on this one and yeah. the Minnesota offense is just clicking and, and the Carolina defense is having a bad game. Um, I, I would just hate for a moment like that to happen. So it's probably one of the reasons why I just stayed away from Yeah, I, I, I see you. We get that random game where uh, Cook's running the ball, the play action is hitting and they're getting the deep passes. And, uh, you know, then all of a sudden Carolina's winging the ball over the field, uh, the poorest Minnesota defense. Though I will say it, it has played a, a little bit better uh, the last couple weeks. Now, you know, once again, the offenses they've played might have factored into the uh, defense being a little bit better. But I don't think the uh, Carolina Panthers are one of those teams that can really challenge it all that much as well. So uh, we'll leave that alone and... Uh, Move on to our next game. Probably the best game in the NFL slate this week. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers go to the Baltimore Ravens. And the uh, Ravens uh, sit as a two-and-a-half point favorite here. The total sits at 51. The first half sits at two-and-a-half. Uh, total sits at 24. Uh, I, I think some people, uh, not me necessarily, were a little bit surprised that uh, Baltimore gets the nod here as the favorite team. Uh, but I think the Chargers going cross-country here. Uh, the Ravens. Uh, yes, they've struggled in some games, but uh, I I'm not quite ready to uh, announce the Chargers as a team capable necessarily of going across the country, beating a team that, that we both hold in high regard in the Baltimore Ravens and having them be favorites. So uh, what's your take on this game? Uh, what do you think uh, this line is, is it, or is it a cross-off for you? Well, you know, uh, for most of the games, uh, when I'm trying to do my own, not that I do my own lines, but when I try to kind of guess what the line is yeah. going to be, I, I tend to give home teams a three-point advantage just, just to start off. Um, so when I saw this two and a half, I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense. You know, the Chargers have been playing really good football lately. Um, their defense isn't really shutting people down, but their offense is playing so good that they're doing enough uh, to, to not put too much pressure on the defense. Um, Baltimore has had its moments where it struggled. You know, you go back to the Detroit game, for example, uh, a game that a lot of people really expect them to kind of dominate, and they almost lost that game. You know, I, I to me, this is more of one of those games where I'm just going to sit back and enjoy a good football game between two good teams um, because I really know which way it's going to go. You know, Baltimore, defensively, they can really show up and, and really cause some problems uh, on offense. You know, it seems like the passing game has really kind of picked up uh, over the last couple of games, especially when you compare it to last season, where um, it seems like the wide receivers really weren't producing as much as you would expect them to. You know, you got Brown, who's kind of been putting up some decent numbers out there. Uh, and I just think this is this is a more entertaining and entertaining game to watch as opposed to bet on. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take any action on this just because I don't know. Uh, which team is better. I do think both teams are really good. I just don't know which one's better. That, that's my issue. Yeah, uh, I, I 
coming from this in, in a couple different ways. You know, I, I'm trying to piece together if I can find value in here. I, you, you know how I like those low lines where I can just sort of pick a winner and move on. and I don't have to worry about weird things going on in the back end of games here. You, you mentioned this Chargers team. Uh, it, it's ranked 31st in rush defense. Uh you know, in uh, normal stats and in analytic stats, uh, the one team that is below it is the Kansas City Chiefs, So, uh, who are historically bad so far this season at stopping the run. So basically the Chargers are the worst run defense in the league. Uh, you match that up versus the Baltimore Ravens, that makes me very, very nervous. You have a team who can literally just dominate you with the run. You saw it last week in that Cleveland game. I, I, I don't want to say that game was a fluke, uh, but if you watched it, uh, the time of possession, uh, I believe the Chargers had 20 minutes of total football uh, where the Browns had the ball the whole game. Uh, Chubb and Hunt basically uh, could have run for a first down pretty much every down there. Uh, so that makes me nervous on that side of things. The thing that makes me a little bit nervous on the other side of things here is Sammy Watkins is out for the Baltimore Ravens. And yes, his numbers haven't been there, but at least when you can put Sammy Watkins and, uh, you know, Marquise Brown and then Mark Andrews up there, you at least have to guard those guys and respect those guys. Uh, so if Watkins is now... Uh, it weakens them a little bit. It's more like last year's team where, you know, you have Marquise Brown going deep. You have Mark Andrews underneath. Now, they did activate their first-round rookie, Richard Bateman, uh, but I, I don't quite know what you're going to get from him. Uh, he didn't really play in training camp. He hasn't played all season long. I, I'm not looking at that as, uh, you know, really something where I'm like, oh, they're going to respect him. He's going to be able to have a big game. I, I think that's sort of a more ease on in there. Now, uh, they have not had a receiver sort of like him, big, fast, you know, uh, but I, I don't think game one is where you sort of see uh, maybe uh, them having the advantage there. So, uh, you know, I, I like the matchup Baltimore rush-wise, uh, but without those receivers there, it makes me a little bit more cautious uh, if we're going back to just, you know, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, and also another thing to consider, you know, a West team traveling East for an early game. If this was a later game, an afternoon game, or a, a Sunday night game, you know, maybe I take it, take a little more uh, consideration in picking one of these teams. But to me, this just has the, all, all the recipes for uh, a letdown and I don't want to be part of it. So I'm going to stay away from it. Um, as you mentioned, I know that they activate their young wide receiver, but just, you know, based off him not getting any play time and him not really playing, you know, during preseason, all that, to me, it seems like he might get a few snaps to kind of see what he can do, see if he can make a play while he's out there. But I, I don't think he's going to be out there for the entire game to really impact it that much. And if he does, I mean, you know, great for him and great for his team, but I just don't see it happening this game. Yeah, it, I, I would be shocked if he had any more than, you know, a, a sort of very small package of, you know, set plays uh, to sort of ha have any impact on this. So, uh, yeah. I, I wish – uh, sorry, I, I, I wish that I really had a feel for one of those teams because I love these two-and-a-half-point spreads. Yeah, These are my favorite type of spreads to pick. Yeah, but me too. I, I just don't have a feel for it. I, I'm just not quite ready to go Chargers cross-country on the road uh, here. 
I want to see that offense sort of travel into a place like Baltimore and light them up. You know, I, I, I know that offense is really, really good. It's probably one of the top three offenses in the league. But, uh, you know, lighting up the Chiefs, lighting up the Browns at home, uh, lighting up the Cowboys uh, is different than going into Baltimore and uh, lighting them up. Uh, and if you can't control uh, Baltimore's run game, you might not even have the ball enough like you saw in that Cleveland game. Basically, they had to play perfect, which they did, but asking a team to play perfect on offense every week, week to week, uh, is not something you're going to get uh, every week. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, we'll move to this game. I, I, my guess is the number has changed uh, since the uh, Nick Chubb uh, news came out, but uh, when I send it to you, Arizona uh, versus Cleveland. Cleveland is three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, total sits at uh, 49 here. Uh, first half sits at uh, two-and-a-half. Uh, total sits at 24-and-a-half. Now, uh, I will say I was really big on Cleveland here. On about Tuesday, Wednesday, Chubb News comes in. I'm a little bit more uh, cautious. I'm not quite as big on this. Uh, I, I guess Arizona keeps living right uh, somehow. So uh, they go to Cleveland, their first probably real big, true uh, road test across the country, and uh, Chubb's not playing. Now, yes, they do have Kareem Hunt, who's a, a really good running back, uh, but Chubb, I consider one of the uh, best running backs in the league, and I think Cleveland really, really loses something there. And, and you saw it once again in this game. If it's not Chubb or Hunt, they seem to have a little bit of trouble passing. Yeah, they had a couple big plays uh, to the tight end, Najoku, uh, but I don't look for that to be a trend that uh, continues uh, very much. And uh, I, I just think that hurts Cleveland a little bit here uh, without uh, Nick Chubb. It, it makes me sort of uh, scared to take this game one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Hunt is a, a really good back. You know, we've seen him, you know, carry a team uh, as the as the main weapon in the backfield. But in this team, he's definitely more of a change of pace back. You know, you got Nick Chubb, who's more of the bruiser, the guy who you, you can keep back there, you know, for three downs in a row and just kind of pound that that uh, defensive line. Uh, and you know, I could see why you'd like the the Browns in this one. You know, they're at home and, you know, they, they get the benefit of having, you know, the team that's considered to be the best team in the NFL right now, you know, kind of they have the underdog mentality. But with, as you mentioned, with the whole Nick Chubb injury and the way Arizona's been playing and getting points, I kind of like Arizona in this one. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Uh, I, I pulled way off my Cleveland thing. I, I don't even have them in my picks uh, now. Now, I will tell you, the number hasn't changed since. It has it not. Is it still notes. three and a half? Still three and a half. That really makes me push towards wanting to take Arizona. Wouldn't that be the life we take Arizona and they finally throw out the dead? <laughs> I mean, it might be the kryptonite that they need is for us to take Arizona, and then, then it'll change their fortunes. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking up the number right now. You're right. It still sits at uh, three and a half. They've only lowered the juice a little bit. So uh, I, I don't think it's probably going to move a whole lot, maybe down to three. Uh, how bullish are you on this Arizona theme? Do you? Oh, I, I forgot. Kingsbury's out because he has COVID. Oh, that might be a good thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That might be a good thing. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just remembered reading that uh, last night. So, uh, Kingsbury out with COVID, Chubb out because he's banged up. Uh, that's that's probably, probably why the line didn't change. Yeah, uh, that's probably a sign we should uh, move past this game, uh, watch and discuss on Tuesday uh, how the game played out and probably not lay a bet on this puppy. Yeah, we're better off, I think. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, next up, uh, uh, if you are betting on this game, uh, you probably have um, some severe, severe uh, gambling problems here. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders go to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are four-point favorites here. Total sits at uh, 44. Uh, first half sits at minus three. Uh, total sits at 21 and a half. Um, I don't even quite know how to handicap this one. Uh, Denver's been really sort of bad uh, since they've actually had to play uh, real uh, NFL-level football teams, and I just have no clue what I'm getting from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, certainly, Las Vegas Raiders traveling on the road uh, to Denver Broncos. I, I mean, I figure this can go either way. We either get an uh, inspired performance where they galvanize together and uh, sort of playoff emotion and adrenaline and uh, dominate this game or we get that dud that we got last week where they play just lifeless worthless football and uh, the Chicago Bears uh, can go in there generate no offense and uh, win the game pretty easily Uh, so how do you see this game playing out Uh, I guess you maybe could convince me that the Raiders are going to no-show and we got a nice little spot here with Denver at minus four, but I, I want no part of Denver until I, I see them beat a actual football team here. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, we both were, you know, really, really supportive of the Broncos and the way they were building that team. You know, we've stated since last season that all they really needed was, you know, some sort of quarterback to really kind of bolster that team into at least playoff contention. Uh, and, it's kind of where I still stand right now. I still think that defense can be elite. Uh, obviously, they haven't really shown it so far, but I think they have the potential to be. Now, they are missing some weapons on offense. Obviously, you know, they got injuries to the wide receiver position, the quarterback position. Um, and, you know, I, I, they're my, what, was, what was the line opening at? Right now, it sits at minus four for the Broncos. Yeah, it sits at four. Uh, I, I can check what it opened at. Uh, I, I think it probably was a little bit off because I, I think when it opened, uh, John Gruden hadn't stepped down uh, quite yet. Uh, the line opened at three uh, for the Broncos, so it's gone up a point. So my thing, I'm not a biology major and I'm not an expert in you know human anatomy or anything, but whichever part of the brain does the logical thinking uh, is telling me the Raiders are going to unite. They're going to come together and they're going to play the way that they pretty much started the season. And then the I guess, creative side of my brain is saying like, come on, dude, think about it. There's no way with all the drama going on, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to fold, completely fold. And I don't know what side of my brain to trust, um, which is probably a good thing. Uh, this is not a brain you normally want to trust, but with that being said, I don't know. I just think this is a game I'm just going to stay away from. I, I don't have a good feeling about the Broncos team, the way they've been playing lately. As much as I like them, I don't have a good feeling about them. And this Raider team, with all the drama going on with Coach Gruden and the leaked emails and all that, I'm just staying away from this one. 
Yeah, I, I think this is just a, a stay away, and uh, we uh, come back and fight another game. We'll, we'll see if uh, Las Vegas has any heart. Uh, I, I think probably later on in the season, we could probably uh, pick up the pieces here and uh, start betting against the Las Vegas Raiders because uh, I, I think there's too much potential that they play with a, a little bit of extra juice this week. And then, you know, three or four weeks down the road, uh, that juice sort of leaves them. They can't just play on emotion. And uh, then uh, they come back down to earth a little bit and uh, we can sort of take advantage of it. But uh, certainly I, I just don't trust a, enough of the Broncos here. Uh, so we'll move on past that game and uh, – Move to the Dallas Cowboys going to the New England Patriots. Cowboys three-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Total sits at 50-and-a-half. First half sits at two-and-a-half. Total sits at uh, 24 here. Uh, you know, th- this looks like an easy one on paper. Uh, I- I'm guessing you're probably going to try to convince me to ride the Cowboys here, uh, especially since I- I've probably been the one that's uh, hammered uh, – you know, New England. How much you love them? Yeah, so much this year, and actually gotten pretty good value in taking against New England and riding the sort of their over uh, love, uh, especially early when they were being favored in every game. Uh, they are getting points in this one, which I, I like a little bit better for New England. Uh, I'm probably a pass overall in this game. What do you think of this game? You know, the way that the uh, New England Patriots defense played last week, as I mentioned earlier, we we give a lot of credit to that defense and uh, Bill Belichick in general with his defensive schemes, and, and rightfully so, because normally he puts out good defenses, either that or even if it's not a good defense, he'll put together a good game plan and good scheme for the opposing uh, offense. Uh, so this is one of the reasons why we give him so much credit. But last week against Houston, they really didn't show it so much till the fourth quarter. Um, and it, it kind of made me think maybe we're overselling the Patriots defense. And and I still feel that way this week. Now, I don't want the wife to hear me say that because she'll, she'll probably make me sleep in the living room, but um, it's a comfy just, couch. <laughs> it is a comfy couch. I, I do have that goal for me, but um, I do think that the defense for the Patriots, it really isn't as good as we've, Put, if we made him out to me. And, and with that being the case, as potent as the Cowboys offense has been, you know, you mentioned it last week about how you actually think this team's actually a lot better than we give them credit for. And I agree with you. They, they probably are a lot better than we give them credit for. They've got playmakers on defense now that are not just making plays, but they're, you know, they're causing turnovers and they're stopping teams when they have to stop teams. And on offense, you know, you've seen what they can do on any given Sunday, they can go off for 50. So you know, three and a half, I, I don't think it's it's really, you know, that far-fetched to assume that these this Cowboy team can beat the Patriots by at least two field goals. I don't think it's very far-fetched. Uh, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to, to think that this offense is going to be rolling. And if the uh, New England defense plays the way they played last week versus Houston, I, I don't see how anyone doesn't consider the Cowboys offense to be better than Houston's offense. So I, I kind of like the Cowboys here at minus three and a half. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, I, I figured you'd try to convince me. I didn't need all that convincing, uh, but uh, you know, it's just we do only money, have two games. Yeah, all the money is coming in on the Dallas Cowboys, which is what gives me pause. You know, I, I got to fight that seventy-seven percent of the tickets, sixty-eight percent of the cash for the Cowboys. It, it's just one of those things. Uh, 
everybody is zigging, I want to automatically zag. And sometimes you got to fight that urge to be like, zag here. No, I, I mean, you look at these numbers and the uh, – New England offense is ranked 24 in total DVOA, uh, where the Dallas defense is ranked 6. And, and then you start to look and be like, oh, well, maybe the Dallas defense isn't. Uh, the Dallas defense is ranked, uh, you know, uh, 4 on this side of things. So the Dallas defense has actually been better than the New England defense. And, uh, you know, the Dallas offense is the number 3-ranked uh, offense uh, in football right now. So sometimes you just got to say, yeah, uh, this game looks like it's going to be a mismatch on paper, uh, but then you start looking at uh, betting totals and you're like, I want to zag. Uh, but sometimes you just got to ride with everybody else and be like, this game's going to be a mismatch and a Zig blow. with me, baby. Yeah. Zig with me. So we'll ride with the people here. Uh, we're going to go with the people. And uh, we're going to take the Dallas Cowboys as our, uh, I believe this is our third mutual pick of the uh uh, program so the Dallas Cowboys road favorites in New England minus three and a half. Uh, this has disaster written all over it. Uh, I know a special work friend is not going to like that. Uh, we have decided to mutually agree upon taking Dallas at uh, minus the fish three and man. a half on the road. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, Seattle Seahawks. First, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, five and a half point favorites here. Total sits at uh, 43 and a half. First half sits at uh, three, and the uh, total sits at uh, 21 here. All right, uh, so no Geno Smith, no Chris Carson. Uh, both went on IR. Uh, that leaves Alex Collins and uh, Geno Smith. What do you mean no Russell Wilson? No. Oh, what did I say? You said Geno Smith. Oh, Geno. That would have been okay. No Geno Smith would have been okay. <laughs> Hey, at least it's better than than what I said a couple weeks ago, Russell Westbrook. So, uh, you know, at least you're on the same team. Yes, I am on the same team. Same depth chart, uh, just the wrong guy same on sport. IR. So no Russell Wilson on IR, no Chris Carson on IR. Uh, Steelers, five and a half point favorites. Now, uh, you know, I, I talked about uh, wanting to zig when everybody's zagging here. Uh, and I'm going to do that this week. Uh, I... I want the Seahawks in this one. Uh, now, hear me out here. Once again, this Pittsburgh team uh, played solid for about three quarters versus the Denver Broncos and then let the Denver Broncos uh, back in this game. Uh, so I don't think they're capable of winning like a, a big spread like this at uh, five and a half. The other thing I think here, I think with Geno Smith there, uh, they'd sort of shifted away from uh, Chris Carson anyway and started giving Alex Collins the carries. I think we go back to old school Seattle here. Uh, you know, Seattle when Russell uh, Wilson was uh, back there playing quarterback and he was sort of more a game manager uh, than a guy who uh, sort of dominated the game. Old school Seattle team, they just pound the run with a really powerful big back in Alex Collins. Uh a powerhouse uh, of a back who's uh, quite similar to a sort of Marshawn Lynch uh, character. And I think maybe we get an old-school-type Seahawks performance here. A lot of grounded pound, and maybe that defense comes around when it needs to step up, and we get sort of a defensive, ugly, uh, close game in this one. See, my concern with that, and I, I get where you're coming from. Is that Geno concern... Smith eventually has to pass the ball? <laughs> well, that. And, you know, at some point, you also have to take into account that the Steelers' defense can be good. 
I'm not saying they've been playing really good, but they can be good. They've got all the players to really make an impact. Um, and you also have to take into account, you, you know, I know that Geno Smith is, is a, you know, NFL quarterback and, you know, he's had his fair share of trials and tribulations, but, you know, one of the reasons why even when Seattle looks horrible on defense uh, and they have no running game, one of the reasons why I tend to always side with Seattle is because they had that magic. And no, I'm not talking about Fitz magic. I'm talking about Russell magic. You know, he can make things happen that very few quarterbacks can make. Um, and without him on the field, I don't know, it really dampers my 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 uh, my confidence in the Seattle Seahawks to win a game against just about anybody. Uh, now, obviously, the record isn't that great. They've played some really tough teams, and their, their defense has just been really bad. Uh, so let's just put that out there. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you feel that strong about it, I know we're getting points. Um, as it sits right now, um, the line shifted a little bit. Seattle is actually getting five points right now. So if you feel like taking it, you know, I'll, I'll take it with you. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, I'll I'll take it if you're really confident about it, but that that's about it. All right. I, I think we'll pass. Uh, the only thing here is I, I think both teams will sort of want to ground and pound and keep this game close. So I think that five uh, number is a little bit too big. Uh, I, I'm not saying Seattle's going to go in there and win, uh, but I do think this will be a tight, close game because uh, I, I don't think I could see that. either team uh, offensively is really going to want to expose themselves uh, too much. Uh, but uh, maybe the Steelers found something last week and are on a roll. Uh, that being said, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster is out. Now, uh, you know, that's not huge because they do have a, a lot of depth there at uh, – in wide receivers at Pittsburgh, but it is something, uh, you know, anytime you take one of their top receivers, everybody moves up a peg. Uh, maybe they aren't quite as good, uh, but uh, we can pass on this one and uh, I'll just have it in my picks and uh, texture each time Geno Smith hits that big play. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll be texting me a lot then. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, the Monday night game, uh, the Buffalo Bills go to the uh, Tennessee Titans. Buffalo Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, total sits at uh, 52 and a half. First half total is minus one-and-a-half. Total sits at 26-and-a-half. Uh, interesting game here. Uh, Tennessee went into Buffalo last year, won that game. Now, that was one of those weird COVID games where Buffalo, I think, had played three games in four days and had the Chiefs coming up on like a Thursday or a Saturday or something weird. Uh, so Buffalo coming off a big, big win versus Kansas City. Uh, now, that being said, uh, Buffalo has annihilated basically everybody they've played since that opening game versus the Steelers. Uh, what do you make of this game? Yeah, you know, I didn't want to come out and just say it. Um, and so I'll say that I'll start off by saying this. Derrick Henry's having a really good year. Okay, now here I go. I think they're going to get killed. Uh, I, I think that that Titans defense just cannot keep up with this Bills offense. This Bills offense has looked amazing so far, you know, other than that first game of the year. But even in that game, they at least made it somewhat competitive. Um, I, I just don't see, you know, with – maybe Julio Jones is coming back this week and, and maybe, you know, Brown plays and it gives the Titans a little bit of a chance on offense, but the way this bills offense has just kind of been rolling. Uh, it's hard to really keep up with them. And normally I would say that about the Titans offense, 
you know, going back to last season, in the previous seasons, uh, you know, before that, the Titans offense has been one of the best offenses, one of the most well-rounded offenses in the NFL. And it seems like this season, you know, even though Henry's having a really good year, uh, the passing game hasn't quite been what we're used to seeing. I know they had some departures during the offseason, but, you know, you talk about a guy like Julio Jones. I know he's he's very fragile. He's like glass. Uh, but when he's on the field, you know, he's a big dude and he can make some big plays happen. So you'd expect not that much of a drop-off. But, I mean, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I'm sure if we go back and we look at the numbers through, you know, five weeks, uh, their passing game has to be down, at least in my opinion. Um I, I think the Bills are going to win this game. I just don't know if I trust it enough. Um, maybe, you know, the Titans offense shows up and it becomes a shootout. Uh, you know, last person hold the ball wins. I, I just don't know. But um, it might be a really entertaining game if both offenses show up. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing with that uh, is, you know, uh, the Buffalo defense has been ridiculously good to the point where uh, pretty much every metric site has them as the number one defense so far this year. Now, some of that has been, you know, who they've played, uh, but, you know, they played the Chiefs last week and uh, they held them under 20 points. Now, you know, uh, you shut down. No easy feet. Yeah, you shut down some of the poorer teams, the Miamis, the Houston Texans. Now they really shut them down by pitching shutouts. And I don't care what team it is, if you're shutting down professional teams uh, with zero points, that that's a big deal. Uh, porous offenses are not. Uh, they're still professional players on the other side of the field. Uh, so when you have shutouts like that, and then it really proved to me last week uh, versus the Chiefs, when you hold the Chiefs under twenty, uh, you're doing something really, really special. So I, I think that defense is on a legit level of, of being a top-tier defense once again. You know, you mentioned the offense. They had that sort of porous game to open the season, uh, but since then, uh, they've been in cruise control with what they've been able to do, uh, and they can sort of pick you apart right now on the ground or through the air. Uh, they can hit you deep, or they can play, you know, a little possession game with Sanders and the tight end and Cole Beasley. They can hit you over the top uh, with Stephon Diggs. Uh, the Bills right now are, are just a ridiculous uh, team uh, playing great, great football. Now, you know, that doesn't mean too much in uh, week six. They need to be playing great, great football <laughs> in, in week 20. Uh, but uh, right now, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, you get these teams that just dominate through the regular season. Uh, the Rams have had a couple teams like that, uh, that team uh, three or four years ago with Jared Goff that ended up making it to the Super Bowl. Uh, that Kurt Warner team, that first iteration, uh where basically they covered every game of the season until about the 15th game of the season, and they were just annihilating uh, teams. Uh, you had that New England team uh, in 2008 when Moss first Andy got Moss. there. Uh, you had a couple of those early Peyton Indianapolis Colts teams. Occasionally you get that team that just blows everybody out in the regular season, and I think this might be one of those teams in the Buffalo Bills. So, yes, five-and-a-half points at the Titans – is a scary spread, especially with the Bills having blown pretty much everybody out. But uh, I I'm just going to ride the Bills at five and a half until they prove that they can even play a close game. You knock that Pittsburgh game off. They've won by 35 points, 42 points, 18 points, and 24 points. Uh, they are just crushing teams right now. And, uh, you know, 
despite the uh, memes that uh, your friend Dynamite David sent us about the uh, great defensive players on the uh, Tennessee Titans. Apparently, they're Locked all just safety. playing solo defense and not uh, team defense because uh, their total DVOA ranks number 27. And then you mentioned it. Uh, the offense right now is 21st in total DVOA. This Titans team overall is 26. Yes, they've gotten wins, but uh, they have not gotten good wins so far. And uh, I think you can just look back to that first game of the season versus Arizona and uh, Arizona just putting it on them both defensively and offensively. Uh, The Titans have not been able to block. The Bills have the best pass rush in the game. Uh, The Titans have not been able to defend. Buffalo has one of the best offenses in the game. Uh, I, I think this is... Once again, just a recipe for a blowout. I, I think Bills five and a half. We ride it, and uh, until the Bills cool off, you ride the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you know, just a quick peek. That I, I, the Bills, That's the, I had them on my thing. I was kind of hoping that you were on the same boat with me. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to put that down as our fourth mutual, right? Yeah, I think so. I think Bills minus five and a half, our fourth mutual. Uh, it also helped that the uh, aforementioned Dynamite was sending memes about how <laughs> great the Tennessee Titans defense has been this year. Uh, I don't know what games he's been watching, uh, but uh, maybe they were from the early 2000s with those Tennessee Titans teams. But uh, I don't think he's been paying attention this season because the defense is not that good. You know, I, I just have to say, I'm so glad that my team is playing decent football, at least decent enough that you can't just pile on me like you pile on him because uh, it, it's quite funny to just see the reactions go back and forth, to be honest with you. Well, yes, but uh, you don't come into work uh, gloating about how great the backup tight end has been for the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> Let, let's just move on. All right, uh, next up. Uh, we got to find one more. I think we had Green Bay in there minus the five and a half. Uh, we had Colts and, minus uh, four and a half first half. Did we take that one as one of our mutuals or was that in the back pocket? Uh, it was in the back pocket. And I believe the other one was the Lions at plus three and a half. Yeah, Lions plus three and a half. Uh, so which of those do you like there? Uh, you know, I was kind of iffy about all those. Uh, I, I kind of like the Packers one, but... I know you weren't too crazy about it, so let's I just. I'll let you pick this last one. with a lot of road teams there. Uh, why know, don't we ride the that's home? That's always scary. Yeah, uh, let's have some fun. Let's ride the Lions at the plus three and a half. Let's go with a home team getting points. Uh, we've broken pretty much all our NFL rules uh, before that, uh, so we'll just uh, take a home dog. So we stay within our NFL rules. Granted, now, what I like, what home I like dog about is this the is Lions. Like, Go see what this. I like about this is that you're taking the Lions <laughs> for me. I don't have to say it publicly. So now if they win, I'm going to feel so good about myself, you know, but if they lose, I'm like, yeah, you, you took them. It wasn't me. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to both get Cephas jerseys. If the uh, Lions <laughs> win this game. <laughs> Okay, you're paying, though. (laughs) I do have the uh, freebie that uh, Caesar Sports got us uh, for a free jersey. Uh, Though, technically speaking, uh, Cephas got hurt last week, and he's on the IR. But uh, that being said, I don't think I know another one of their receivers. So uh, (laughs) I couldn't go uh, that deep on the uh, Not off the top of my head. Uh, Off the top of my head. They have the weird three-named guy, but I don't remember his name. 
Well, he's got three, so it's hard to remember. Uh, St. Brown. It's something St. Brown. I just know that. That's, that, that's good enough already. <laughs> that alone right there. So uh, we're writing St. Brown uh, as our number one receiver here. Uh, I, I'm not sure he will be on the team next year, but hey. Lions plus three and a half. All right, so what five did we end up with the mutuals there? Bills. Okay, I've got them written. We took uh, Cowboys. We t- took. What else do we got going on? I've got them written down right here. So we've got the Colts minus four and a half for the first half. Yeah. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at minus six and a half. We have the Cowboys at minus three and a half. The Bills at minus five and a half. And the Lions at plus three and a half. All right. Uh, like three road uh, favorites. Uh, a couple about a touchdown. That should go well. Uh, nothing has ever gone wrong gambling on touchdown road favorites. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to have a great weekend. All right. Uh, that's our mutual picks. Let's get into our regular picks. I got uh, six picks this week. How many picks you got for us this week? Uh, um. I had seven, but you you sold me on an eighth one, so I'm going with eight. Oh, big money coming out of the uh, Achilles household this week. All right, six picks for me. I'm going to start it off in London. I'm going to take those Miami Dolphins minus three. Uh, I didn't have enough punishment last week with the uh, New York Jets. I want to watch the poorest Miami offense uh, fail to score and uh, break the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-game losing streak here. So uh, Dolphins minus three for me. I can see that. Now, since I've got more, I'll give you two really quick. Uh, so my first one is I'm taking my Rams at minus nine and a half. Again, don't recommend it for anyone else. This is just crazy fanatic talk. Do you just have all uh, touchdown road favorites this week? Oh, dude, it's horrible. It's horrible. I'm, oh, your money uh, line parlays are going to be swimming. My my balance is just going to completely disintegrate by the time this week is done. Uh, but anyways, Rams minus nine and a half. And I've also got the Packers at minus five and a half. All right, uh, next up for me, Detroit Lions, plus three and a half. I, I'm going to ride the Lions at home uh, with St. Brown as the uh, number one receiver. Uh, so uh, Amon Ra St. Brown out of USC. So uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, it's actually a four-namer. So uh, where can you go wow. wrong with that? Uh, Fourth-round yeah. pick this year. Uh, so uh, a rookie fourth-round pick as the number one. Uh, a fourth round pick with four names sounds like I, I think we could probably scour the Raver wire and put together a better <laughs> receiver unit than what the Lions have. All so right, uh, what do you got up next? Uh, for my number third pick, I am taking the Arizona Cardinals at plus three and a half. All right, uh, I'm riding the Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half. I'm I'm gonna roll with you on uh, road touchdown favorites here. Chiefs six and a half. I look for them to uh, dominate this game, score a lot of points. Okay. Uh, for my next one, I've got the Cowboys at minus three and a half. And uh, next up for me, Minnesota, Carolina. I'm going to take that under uh, 45 and a half. Let's just hope uh, we're not quite as pick happy as uh, this game might lead to be here. So uh, Vikings, Panthers, under 45 and a half. For my fifth pick, I've got the Bills at minus five and a half. All right, next up for me, I mentioned it in the mutuals. I was really big on this one. My zag of the week, Seattle Seahawks, plus five and a half. Geno Smith, Alex Collins, what a tandem. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Smith, Collins, (laughs) I don't even think they were in the league three years ago. 
plus five and a half for the Seattle Seahawks versus Pittsburgh Steelers for me. Uh, for my sixth pick, I am taking the under at 54 and a half in the Kansas City and Washington game. And lastly for me, uh, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans, first half over 26 and a half. And my last two, uh, I'm taking Kansas City at minus six and a half, and I'm taking the under at 50.5 in the Dallas New England game. Oh, my. Uh, you've been riding those New England unders. They've been nice for you. Yes, they have. <laughs> All right, that's our show for this week. Be sure to come back to us on Tuesday for our recap and review. And don't miss out on our college football recap and review on Monday. We'll also be taping our NBA Win Totals podcast, I believe, later today, maybe tomorrow, uh, depending on our energy levels and uh, functionality. Uh, but you don't want to miss that. The NBA season's just around the corner. We get to have a little fun on the NBA Win Totals. Uh, like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right, that's our show. And we're out.